Please turn to Hosea 14, verses 8 through 9. Hosea 14, 8 through 9. We're going to finish this uh, chapter out together as we have our time of confession. Hosea 14, verse 8. Let us hear God's word. Ephraim shall say, What have I to do any more with idols? I have heard and observed him. I am like a green cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me. Who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. This is God's word. Well, as we confess our sins this morning, we are concluding our time in Hosea 14, and we have said before that this chapter is a guide for us of how we are to corporately return to the Lord and corporately confess our sins, because that is the whole point of the chapter. If you look at the opening words of the chapter for review, verses 1 through 2, you'll see what the command of the Lord is. It says in verse 1, O Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity, receive us graciously, for we will offer the sacrifices of our lips. So the Lord is saying, return to me, confess your sins, turn away from idols. And as the chapter progressed, we were given various encouragements as to why we should do that. You see, it is possible to have uh, situations where people do not want to confess their sins. People do not want to be open about what their internal and external struggles are, uh, particularly in contexts in which there is no forgiveness, where there's no forgiveness, where there is no grace, where there is no restoration. People do not want to confess their sins. But the Lord here, as the chapter progresses, the Lord says that I will receive you, I will love you freely, I will forgive you, and I will pour out abundant blessings of fruitfulness upon you if you return. And that's what we learned in verse 4. The Lord says, I will love them freely. God's love for repentant sinners is a free Love. It is a love that is not based in any uh, meritorious standing that we could bring to the Lord. In fact, it's quite the contrary. Uh, we are far down in the negative numbers in terms of our demerit, and there is no way that we could come to the Lord and be received on the basis of anything that we have done. But God, nevertheless, loves us freely, contrary to what we deserve. And the Lord had said in verses 6 and 7 that he was going to make us like this fruitful garden. He was going to bring forth all of this wonderful, refreshing fruit uh, in us when we simply humble ourselves and repent. That's how it happens. Now, having such encouragements, it would be foolish of us not to confess our sins. It would be foolish of us to say, no, I'm not going to go back to the Lord. I'm going to stay with my idols And yet that's what many do. They continue in the pathway of their idols, living for those things that provide no satisfaction. And in verse 8, that is what we come to today, the Lord gives us a picture of who he is. This is the Lord speaking when he says these words. 
I am like a green cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me. So the people have have sought out satisfaction, since that's what everybody in life does. They're looking for satisfaction. They try all these different avenues of satisfaction. And the northern kingdom in this book, they had sought out satisfaction from idols, dead, dumb uh, idols that can do nothing for the people. They would seek after these idols for their prosperity. They would seek after idols to get rain and, and sunshine and, and growth and, and fruitfulness, but they didn't find any of it in the idols. And so the Lord is telling His people, He's saying, if you return to Me, you will find real life. God is this infinite, eternal, unchanging life-giving source for his people. He says, I am like a green cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me. And so as we return to the Lord, it's as if the beauty and the life that was originally in the Garden of Eden begins to get restored because we're returning to God who is the very source of life for us. The perfection of beauty, life, and abundance is restored as we return to the Lord. Uh, One translation of this phrase here renders it as the evergreen tree. That's what the ESV renders it as. Because the idea of this green cypress tree is a tree that does not lose its uh, life and its fruitfulness and its greenness. That is who our God is to us when we return to Him. And so, brothers and sisters, we have these two pathways uh, open to us. We can choose the pathway of idolatry. We can keep trying to get satisfaction in life in things that do not provide satisfaction in life. Or we can return to the Lord and He will have mercy on us and He will restore life and fruitfulness to us. Now, let's be honest today and ask yourself, each of us, ask ourselves the question, Have I really found satisfaction and life and fruitfulness in any idol I have pursued? I think we have to be honest and say, no, I have not. The scriptures tell us that the sorrows of those who run after another God will multiply. You'll multiply your sorrow, your grief, your depression, your aimlessness, your hopelessness by seeking after idols But living in fellowship with the triune God is the way to experience life and to experience fruitfulness. And since this is the case, brothers and sisters, let us earnestly return to the Lord with a sense of confidence that the Lord will do what He has promised in this chapter for each of us. He will forgive us. He will love us. He will bless us. And He will make us fruitful. Now, the very last words of the uh, chapter I want to briefly consider as we close our time and confess our sins. Verse 9 is a call to wisdom. Look at how the chapter ends. It says, Who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. It's saying, who is wise? As you've heard this exhortation, if you've heard this chapter, if you have wisdom, if you've gained wisdom from the Word of God, 
then you know that the good path is to return to the Lord. You can choose this path of transgression, you're just going to stumble and stumble and stumble. But the way of the Lord is a smooth path. And we might say, well, I'm not worthy to be on the way of the Lord. I do not deserve to be in the path of the Lord. I do not deserve to be in fellowship with the Lord. And of course, that is all true. But that is why he says simply, return to me and I will have mercy upon you. So therefore, in our time of confession, brothers and sisters, let us return to the Lord and we will plead the blood of Jesus Christ in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And therefore, we will confess our sins with a boldness and a humility uh, as we do this. So I invite you to to join me now and and kneel before the Lord in humility. We're going to say our prayer of confession. This one is a a good deal longer than our normal ones, but there are many good words for us here. And so let us uh, work... Uh, Say these words uh, together. Merciful God, Jesus, our Savior, we acknowledge our vileness, our worthlessness, our ingratitude. With shame and confusion of face, we look up unto you, O bleeding Lamb, for having slighted your goodness and your loving kindness towards us. Take away this earthliness from our minds, this coldness from our hearts, this insensibility to the things of God, preserve us from a secret alienation of heart, from a growing lukewarmness. You are the rock of ages, the everlasting strength, and do us with power from on high to overcome all our indwelling corruptions, which like a thick cloud intervene between our soul and you, the Son of Righteousness, and thus prevent the rays of your consolation from gladdening our hearts and making us to abound in the fruits of righteousness. To your sweet call, unto you, O friend of sinners, Lord, at your sweet call, we come for pardon, peace, and holiness. Lord, we are sorely grieved that we love you so little that our affections move so slowly towards you. Stir up our languid desires, inflame our cold affections. Set our whole soul on fire with holy love. How painful that we should be so little affected by the agony and bloody sweat, the cross and passion of our suffering Redeemer. Why are not our souls all on fire when we think of your love? Why are we not melted into tears when we think of our dying Savior? Are we harder than the rock in Horeb? Are we colder than the northern ice? Lord, smite our rocky hearts with the rod of your loving kindness. Dissolve our frozen affections by the melting beams of your grace, O blessed Jesus. We praise you for such infinite love, such abounding grace to the chief of sinners. Amen. Now we take a moment to confess our own sins before the Lord.